Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. Let me, let me say a couple things first. So Amanda, remember last, last week uh, we were in worship and you had the vision about the, the, the water park bucket, you know? We were at a conference, at a meeting last night, at a prophetic meeting, and someone had the exact same vision. So it's like within a week, the Lord kind of double stamps that. <laughs> uh, so yes, we're, that means it's like you've gone to the water park and you in the kids area where the, the there's a big bucket that just water is pouring and when it gets full, it tips over. And usually I just always love to wait for it. I'm over there with the kids when I had kids. I still have kids, but they got too big for the water park. But I would go over and wait for the bucket to pour so I could stand under and let it pour out on me. That's what I feel like today. I feel like it's about to tip, and I want to get right there where it pours and be right in the middle. Yes, yes. You know what else that makes me think about is um, years ago, way back in the year of 2001, um, we recorded an album. We had the joy of how many know who Andre Crouch was? Um, he's he's with the Lord now, but um, we had the most amazing honor to you went and wrote with him, and mm-hmm. then he was a part of a recording that we did back in 2001 called "The Sound of Heaven," which is the first time you recorded the song "Rain Dance." Rain Dance. And I just remember Andre. Andre came up at the end of that and was just like just- flowing. Kind of crazy, spontaneous. (laughs) Andre Crouch never ran out of um, melody and lyric ideas. And and so he gets up there and he, remember, he goes, get your buckets out. Get your buckets out. Put down your umbrellas. And let God rain on you. And so I was just thinking about that. Then he started, rain, rain, don't go away and come again some other day. We need you now. Yes. Except it was a Andre Couch voice <laughs> with the puffy cheeks. It is. Yes. I remember him saying the other day, me and David wrote this song. Huh. Do I sound like him? Like Rocky. Rocky. Oh, I've Just completely kidding. missed it. I was going for Andre. She's never heard Andre speak. So. <laughs> She's. She's not old enough right, to right. hear Andre. Uh, but I love that picture. Put down your umbrellas. Let's get our buckets out. Let's just receive all that God wants to pour out on us. Oh, my goodness. So good. So so we're going old school today with a little... With a binder. With a binder (laughs) and notes printed out. And, you know, here's the... Just God just works things out for us, right? So the other day, I was running up to CVS to pick up a few things. And Nicole said, buy it one of those little small, about a half-inch binders. And um, I got there. And suddenly, I needed to go to the restroom so bad that I forgot to buy the binder. I had to hurry home to get to the restroom. Just you were also picking up some kind of um, like allergy medicine. Yes, or something. yes. Yeah. Um, so, what was that? What was so that? Now you forgot your story. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you totally made me think of. But binder. you made me think of the Benadryl. Oh yeah. The Benadryl. What did Benadryl say? Benadryl really said you cannot sneeze if you're unconscious. Yeah. 
Hold on, we'll wait for you to get it. <laughs> you're gonna, you'll catch up in a sec. Uh, so, so I got back home, and she says, you didn't get it. And so I remembered. So we've been in that house how many years now? Nine years. Nine years. When we first moved into that house, we had been to some kind of conference in. So I had these notes, and I stuck them under my bed about nine years ago in this binder and forgot about it. And when I realized I didn't have a binder, look what the Lord provided. Jehovah Jireh. He sent us to a conference <laughs> nine years ago so that we would have provision today. Oh, oh my goodness. Um, Brother Daryl, could you turn this microphone up just a little bit in this wedge monitor? We are so full. Uh, just the Lord has just, what we have been able to just receive from the Lord all week long, um, we had a beautiful week. Uh, we were in Nashville for a couple days, but we were a part of a live recording. Um, and John Bevere was there teaching on the fear of the Lord. Um, and it was so, so powerful. Um, and, and then last night was such a beautiful. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about John Bevere, but let's talk about Addison when he was leading communion, John Bevere's son, he's going to come speak for us. I just, uh, I am smitten by Addison Bevere. He has his mom and his dad all rolled up into one, if you're familiar with the Beveres. So he was, he, he quoted from the book of Luke when Zechariah was hearing from the angel in the temple that he was going to have a son. And it's, it's Gabriel comes and he says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. Gabriel could have said, I'm one of the big three. Mm. He could have said, I have done all of these things, but he said, I am Gabriel and I stand in the presence of God and I bring a message. And Addison said, I propose to you that he had a message because he stands in the presence of God. So my trust and hope today is that we spend time in his presence. Yes. And I think we've come with the word from the Lord today. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. If you want to come ever with the message, you must spend time in the presence of God. We are presence people. Can, can I just do one little page of this book before we get started? Um, I don't even know. I don't remember who gave this. It might've been Janelle. Cause she always gives me old books. Did you give me this? You don't remember. It says, when God stepped down from heaven. You did give this to me? Okay. And there's not even a, uh, a copyright date. But the person who had it originally wrote their name. And it's dated April 1961. So this was in the possession of someone before I was born. Just one year. Just one year before you were born. <laughs> You made it by one Shut year. up. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, don't shut up. Please never shut up. Y'all, once oh my, my mom and dad got into a fight. We were on a, a, a trip, and I was the only kid with mom and dad and his brothers, and we were going to Omaha, Nebraska for a revival. And my dad and mom got into a fight, and my dad told mom to shut up. So she did. She didn't say a word to him for an entire 24 hours. We'd be on the bus. I would, say to, I would talk to her. She would respond. My uncle would talk to her. She would respond. My dad would just say something. She acted like he did not exist. 
So having said that, babe, I will never tell you to shut up. Uh, so, so this opening, this is just the forward. It, it says, this is revival. When men in the streets are afraid to open their mouths and utter godless words, lest the judgments of God should fall. When sinners, overawed by the presence of God, tremble in the streets and cry for mercy. I just told you about the young man who, who fell on his knees and cried out to God. When without special meetings and sensational advertising, the Holy Ghost sweeps across cities and towns in supernatural power and holds men in the grip of terrifying conviction. When every shop becomes a pulpit, every heart an altar, every home a sanctuary, and people walk softly before God, this is revival. I could read. I could read pages here. I could, but I'm just. That's. I just wanted to. So good. So we're going to talk about revival today. I know we're having like a couple of issues with our screen here. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Um, we're going to talk about presence. People cultivate a revival atmosphere. I'm going to say it again. Presence. People cultivate revival. Atmosphere. Does anybody want to cultivate revival atmosphere? We carry an atmosphere. What happens, what happens when you walk into a room? You know, whatever we're carrying, the atmosphere that we carry, whatever it is, impacts. Impacts the room, impacts people all around us. But presence people cultivate a revival atmosphere. We cannot create revival, but we can cultivate the atmosphere where revival is welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Revival is God coming down and visiting his people to revive, restore, refresh, and refill with power. Yes. Revival is an atmosphere that brings tangible results. Believing for a spiritual atmosphere is believing for a revival of God's presence and power to invade every leader, every church, every city, every nation. Yeah. Revival starts yes. with little sparks mm. and create massive fires. Yes, yes, yes. Little tributaries and streams that have potential of becoming mighty rivers. Revival is reachable. It is ours and we are believing. Yeah. Habakkuk I hear, I've heard this pronounced many ways. We're just going to go with my way. Habakkuk. <laughs> well, my mom would say it one way and my dad would say it another. But we're, just, we're saying it. Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Chapter 3, verse 2. Oh, Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. Oh, Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known in wrath. Remember mercy. Yeah. So we're, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to go through some revival definitions, but we're going to look at the Old Testament today. We're going to look at um, the Bible revivals in the Old Testament. And as we were studying, I had never seen this before. Um, and we were listening to some, um, doing a course of Dr. Frank DiMazio, and he was talking about um, 
the Bible revivals in the Old Testament. Uh, but first, let's just read a couple uh, a couple more scriptures. Psalm chapter 80, verses these are, 18. These are revival definitions. Yeah, verses 18 and 19, Psalm chapter 80 says, Then we will not turn back from you. Revive us and we will call upon your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. Yes. Yes. Isaiah chapter 57 verse 15 says, for thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, mm. whose name is holy. He says, I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. I love this quote. Revival is not just an emotional touch. Mm. It's a complete takeover. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what's the purpose of revival? We're going to talk about a few of them here. First, to recover all. Yeah. The first one, to recover all. Hosea, the sixth chapter, verses one and two says, Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. We have experienced in the last couple of years at, uh, around the globe what it means to be torn, yeah. the tearing. Yeah. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. And Jeremiah 30, verse 17 says, for I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds, says the Lord, because they called you an outcast saying, this is Zion. No one seeks her. This, let's, I want you to quote the Evan Roberts. Yeah, this is a, a quote from Evan Roberts of the, from the Welsh Revival in 1904. He said, I believe the world is upon the threshold of a great revival, and I pray that I be allowed to help bring this about. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I, I just want you, to, I want you to get that. I want you to, I want you to want that. I, I, oh, Lord, let me be a part of what, what you're going to do. Revival is just not about the preacher. Right, it is right, not right. just about who stands on the stage and gives the word. Revival is about a people, a, a presence people who carry the atmosphere. Yeah. Okay, so to recover all. Number two is to restore all. Revival restores all. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 12 says, Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. Wow. Shall raise up the foundations of many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach. Oh God, we want to be called the repairer of the breach. The restorer of streets to dwell in. Oh, we want to be Jesus. a restorer Jesus. of streets to dwell in. Yes, yes, if yes. This, if this strikes a nerve, feel free to be Pentecostal. Yes, 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 yes. You, you, yes. You, oh, there you go. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just feel free to engage in this. All right, let's, let's let the, this be a conversation. So. Yes, uh. okay. 
The third one. So, so we recover all. We rest- he, re- he recovers all. He restores all. And then we receive all. Yeah. Acts, the second chapter, verse 17, says, And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Get your buckets out. Get your buckets out. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. So, so I just want to quote the lyric. I just want to quote the lyric of the song that we did with Ray Crouch. We believe the promises spoken by the prophet Joel. That's what they're, they're quoting Joel right here in Acts, the second chapter. We believe the promises spoken by the prophet Joel. The former and the latter rain would come and flood our thirsty soul. We've been praying for the rain. Praying for the rain to fall. Fall upon our city, Lord. Come and overtake us all. You don't want to miss your chance. Everybody rain dance. Everybody say, whoo. We do that on the song. Second verse is, we've been looking to the sky. Seen a cloud just like a hand. Heard it with our spirit ears. Abundant rain will drench the land. So we're going to nudge the heart that holds the waters in a heap and move it with a crazy praise and break the fountains of the deep. You don't want to miss your chance. Everybody rain Who? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, we want to receive all that you're pouring out. We don't want to miss a drop. We Recover- want to receive it all. We, we, we prepare our hearts We recover to all. We recover all, to restore all, to receive all, and to see reformation. Now, reformation, uh, people talk about reformation versus revival. Uh, Can I I give a definition? So, revival, you know, revival is a return to the spirit. Revival is a return to the spirit. Reformation is a return to the word of God. Okay, so we need both. And so what's so amazing is revival, returning to the spirit, causes causes reformation. So it's interesting because recently we were um, at a conference, a part of a conference, and we sat on a panel and talked about building presence-driven churches, uh, presence-driven churches. And, And so what's so wild about this is that it feels like this is a new thing in the body of Christ. That building a presence-centered, Jesus-centered church is a new thing. No, it's reformation. It's going back to the word of God and seeing how the word of, what, would, what did the New Testament church look like? How did they do it? You know, we have fallen, the Western church has fallen so off course and, and has created um, church an entertainment driven atmosphere a consumeristic um, atmosphere in church and so now going back to you know saying we want a presence centered house a house of prayer a house of presence like that's some new idea no it's going back to to the word of god and how um the new testament church operated the church that man has built has left us wanting left us empty, left us, brought us to a place where we will rush through in an hour. 
have 12, 15 minutes of worship and call it worship. Have a little sermonette. Have a little sermonette for all the Christianettes. And, and, and there is no demonstration of the power of God. We don't have time for that. We have to get our coffee in the lobby. And I had my coffee before church, so I'm not anti-coffee at church. I had a, a Starbucks during sound check, and I had an extra cup in the green room because I went to bed at 2.30 last night, and I needed a little punch in the spirit. And so I had some caffeine. So it's not about coffee, but what we've made it about pleasing people, and where is the church that is built to function, to please the one who this is all supposed to be about. Yes, yes. So revival is to see reformation. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2. Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Chapter 3, verse 2. We'll read this. Oh, Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. Oh, Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. So we want to see a reformation. We want to see a people, the bride of Christ, that, that is, has a fear of the Lord and a fear of his word and says, I'm going to love what you love and I'm going to hate what you hate. Hate, I, think that's, I think that's news hate. to this generation. Does God hate anything? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, he does. We want to be a people that love what God loves and hates what he hates. We want to be rooted in his word. We want to see reformation. Oh, but grace just lets me do whatever I want to do. Say whatever I want to say. Watch whatever I want to watch. Uh, meddling, meddling. So revival is also to engage in renewal. Yeah. Acts, yeah. the third chapter, verses 19 through 20. Repent, therefore... And be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Verse 20 says, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before. Yes. Isaiah 44 verse 3 says, for I will pour water on him who is thirsty. Yeah. And floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants. Oh. And my blessing on your offspring. Yes, yes, yes. Billy Sunday said, They tell me a revival is only temporary. So is a bath, but it does you good. <laughs> We're going to read a couple more quotes here. Duncan Campbell of the Hebrides revival said the outpouring of God's spirit. This is revival is the outpouring of God's spirit resulting in a people saturated with God. John Piper said the sovereign work of God in which the whole region of many churches has been lifted out of spiritual indifference into hunger for God. Charles Finney said, if the presence of God is in the church, the church will draw the world in. If the presence of God is not in the church, the world will draw the church out. 
That bears repeating. You had your turn, now it's my turn. If the presence of God is in the church, the church will draw the world in. If the presence of God is not in the church, the world will draw the church out. So this is my promise. We will forever be a house that honors the presence of Jesus. Before everything else, we will be a house of his presence. I refuse to become controlled by culture. I am determined to allow the presence of God to reign and create culture. Thank you, Christina. I like that. That was exciting. Yes. Everybody, I wish everybody would say yes. Yes. We want to create a culture of the presence of God where it's yes. Yes. And and I want to add to that. The way we do that is that the house is built, is made up of people who have said in my life, in my family, the presence of God is going to be honored. God is going to come first. Jesus is going to be first in all that I do. So as the house of God is made up of members fitly joined together who say God is first uh, in my life and in my family, then we build a culture together that says God is first here. Read this one. Yes. I love this one. Read that The last one. quote here from Ralph Mahoney. He said, what is revival could be answered in these two words. God came. <laughs> that is the summation of what we mean by revival. God coming. That's, yeah. in, anybody ask you, how was church today? Oh. The best answer you could ever give is, God came. God came. So, so good. So we're going to talk about biblical revival, Bible revival. Yeah. Um, so I think David was the first example of, of like a biblical revival in that Saul was king. Saul, uh, he, he disobeyed the voice of the Lord through the prophet Samuel and the kingdom was taken from him. And so David was anointed king, but it took him a long time before they ever uh, uh, brought him into the kingdom. It was many years. And so when he did, it had been, it, it, what had happened with the, the ark of God, the ark had been, uh, it was always kept in the tent of meeting. Moses, there was Moses' structure. He was given instruction. Moses never even made it to the promised land, but he he built a structure. He was given instruction by God. The tent had walls, not like the tent we had last night. There was a tent. It had walls, and inside there were more walls, and then there were even more walls where the ark remained, and only the Holy of Holies, and only once a year the high priest was allowed to go into the holy place and behold the presence of God, except on occasions when God would speak through his prophet, they would take the ark at times out of the tent and carry it into battle and would, yeah. and would experience great victory. But there was a, a time where they did not 
consult with the Lord. They thought, because you did it this way before, we've got a huge army coming against us. The Philistines are coming. So you did this before. They didn't inquire. They just went and got the ark and took it into battle. And they... Eli was the high priest and his two sons were evil. They did evil things before the ark. And so because of that, God allowed the Philistines to win the war and they took the ark of God into their camp. And we know we won't even go to that story, but hemorrhoids were involved. And most most translations say tumors broke out, but there are some translations that tell you it was hemorrhoids. Uh, interesting, Yikes. interesting story in the Bible. And so and it went into five different villages. And so finally they built a cart and they said, if this was God and we put it on a cart, if it just, uh, if the cart takes it aimlessly into some unknown place, we know this was just coincidental. But if the if the cart, if the oxen lead this cart back into the camp of Israel, we know that we'll know that this was from God. And so, sure enough, they carried it, the ark, back to uh, to the territory of Israel, and it ended up at the house of Abinadab. And it was there for thirty years. Saul was king. Never once inquired about wow. the ark of the presence. He would go to Samuel on occasion to get instruction, but he never even considered the ark of God's presence. Meanwhile, the tent of meeting was still in Jerusalem and they would come and they would shed blood and they would have their usual sacrifices, but the presence was not there. Yeah. Sounds like some churches People continue to offer the sacrifices without the presence. Where am I going? Uh, so David, yeah. finally, he had a one ups moment, oops moment, mm-hmm. and uh, he tried to bring it. It didn't work. Uh, Uzzah, friendly <laughs> experience. Uh, Uzzah was, was struck down by God and it took another three months for David to go have a reformation. Wait, hang on a second, because I want to back up a second. So David inquired of the Lord, and he said, let us bring back the ark of, the pre- of God to... They were bringing it to the city. They were bringing it to Zion. Yeah. They were bringing it to a mount, the mountain of the Lord. Yes. And... Uh, uh, he and he pitched a tent. It's the only tabernacle and all of the tabernacles in the Bible that doesn't give us any specific detail uh, about the dimensions and how big it was, except it just was a covering, yeah, a little makeshift covering. We don't know how big it was, yeah, but it it was big enough to cover the ark, and there were no walls, right. and it was the most unusual thing because if if they're having to go by. Uh, the details that were the, the instructions they were given there's no indication that God would accept them bringing this ark and not take it to the holy of holies in Moses tent of meeting but yeah. David for almost 40 years had 24 hours a day, seven days a week, worship the ark was surrounded the wall around the ark was worshiping people 
24 hours. They took shifts. They hired highly skilled musicians and they would take turns and they would have shifts and come. But it was 24 hours worship for almost 40 years. So that, with, yeah, so with the reign of King David, we see revival. A, we see a return to the Spirit, inquiring of the Lord. We see reformation going back. The first time he tried to carry the ark, he did it like the Philistines did it on a cart, and that's when Uzzah. But he had to out. go back to the Word. He had to go he had back to and say, to the "How? Word. Well, how did God say that his the ark of His presence is supposed to, supposed to be carried on the shoulders of the Levites?" And so we see. Revival. We see, we see uh, this picture of him returning to. And so, so David built the tent, and it was called the Tabernacle of David. Amos prophesied about it. The, James used this term in the 15th chapter of Acts uh, to explain all of the Gentiles coming into the kingdom. And this is, what, this is what the prophet Amos said, that I would restore the Tabernacle of David. So, so from David's tabernacle... Uh, David had a heart to build an elaborate temple, but God wouldn't allow him, but he let his son Solomon build the tabernacle of Solomon. And so the ark then was moved, the temple of Solomon, the ark was moved into a physical, beautiful, the most exquisite building ever built for the presence of God. And so after Solomon died, though, the kingdom was divided because his son was a little stupid. He wasn't as smart as his dad. Uh, he, he, he chose the counsel of the young men instead of the seasoned older men. And uh, I, know, I know some people like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meddling again. Uh, but, but, but understand, uh, so the kingdom was divided. There was Israel and Judah. There were 10 tribes that stood with Israel, and there were two tribes that stood with Judah. And after Solomon, each region had 19 kings before they were taken captive into Babylon. 19 kings, not 19 years, 19 kings. Yeah. Uh, Israel's kingdom, Israel had evil kings. All 19 of them were evil. Judah had 19 kings, but there were eight revivals <laughs> that came. Yeah. And we're going to read you some of the scriptures to, to let seven, you see. There were seven in, in, uh, that uh, talk about, Second Chronicles talks about. But there were eight kings that turned back to God. The book of First Chronicles, if you want to study it out, records the, un, the united kingdoms of Saul, David, and Solomon with two prophets, Samuel and Nathan. And then after Solomon, the kingdom split into two houses. The house of Israel contained 10 tribes. The house of Judah was composed of two tribes. I'm repeating myself, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) Each had its own prophets. Israel's prophets were from the northern kingdom, 10 tribes. Jeroboam was the first king of the split kingdom, Over the ten tribes. He was not a son of Solomon, only a former leader under Solomon. He set up false priests, false idols, counterfeit feasts, and turned the people away from God. He set an evil standard which continued as a pattern for the next 18 kings after him. The prophets of the northern kingdom to the house of Israel were, now here are the prophets 
Yeah. That that God chose, they rose up to speak to try to bring the kingdom of Israel back. Yeah. Elijah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elisha. Amos, Hosea, Jonah, and Nahum. Yeah. The southern kingdom was called the house of Judah with the tribes of Judah and Benjamin and many Levites who defected from Jeroboam. Mm. The king was Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. And the prophets that spoke to that kingdom were Obadiah, Joel, Zephaniah, Micah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, wow. Daniel, Malachi, <laughs> Malachi, Haggai, Zechariah, and Jonah. Yeah. In Second Chronicles, it's, it's the book that contains the history of the revivals and the activity of God. Asa was one of the kings that brought revival. Yeah. In Second Chronicles, the 14th chapter, and Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He took away the foreign altars and the high places and broke down the pillars and cut down the ashram and commanded Judah to seek the Lord and God, the God of their fathers and to keep the law and the commandment. Yeah. So, so here, here's what happened. So the kings of Judah would, uh, some of them would follow after the pattern of Israel and so they would set up wicked kings. But then... If, if you read through all of this, it's interesting to because to you, you see them fall away. But then, and Asa did what was right, right in the sight right. of the Lord. Yes. Jehoshaphat was another one. Second yeah. Chronicles, the 17th chapter, verses 3 and 5. Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father David. He did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the acts of Israel. Therefore, the Lord established the kingdom in his hand and all Judah gave presents to Jehoshaphat and he had riches and honor and abundance. Okay, the third king, the third revival king yes. of Second Chronicles. I love this. You know why I love this? Because I've always heard, you know, the good kings and the bad kings. And never, never in the frame of revival, of, of a returning to the spirit of God. Um, Joash, in Second Chronicles chapter 24, uh, starting at verse 2, says, Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. And Jehoiada took two wives for him, and he had sons and daughters. Then he gathered the priests and the Levites and said to them, Go out to the cities of Judah and gather from all Israel money to repair the house of your God from year to year and see that you do it quickly. However, the Levites did not do it quickly. Hmm. Uh, but Joash is that that third revival king. The fourth was Uzziah. Now Uzziah, yeah. uh, he reigned for fifty-two years. So what, let's continue there. Yeah, Second Chronicles chapter twenty-six, verses four and five says. And this is talking about Uzziah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord... As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. This was why it was a big deal. Yeah. When Isaiah prophesied, he said, in the year that King Uzziah died, yeah. 
I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And he, and he, the angels surrounded uh, the, the throne and cried, holy, holy, holy. And Isaiah, the prophet of God, said, woe is me, for I am unclean. Yeah. I'm a man of unclean lips. This was the man who carried the voice of God. So, and, and we think, and we think we have nothing to repent for. Wow, come on. <laughs> I'll just leave that right there. The next, the fifth king uh, in Second Chronicles, the 27th chapter, King Jotham. Mm-hmm. So Jotham, sounds <laughs> like I'm listening. <laughs> Jotham. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Jotham (laughs) became mighty because he prepared his way. I'm sorry, y'all. I have issues. (laughs) So here he's going, no. Carson, Carson, are you enjoying this, Carson? Uh, So Jotham became mighty because because he prepared his ways. A little something about me that as you're speaking about, as you're speaking with a lisp. Mm -hmm. I was a kid with a lisp. And I went to speech in school to get rid of my lisp. Okay. So, so I feel, we feel compassion for anyone out there who. <laughs> I, was, I was a stutterer. Yes, you were. But uh, it's one day, it just went away, and I started talking really fast. <laughs> and I talk so fast, and I, people are always telling me to slow down. So, and I hate to slow down. I like to say what I want to say as quickly as I can because I have a lot to say. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so that was Jotham. 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 (laughs) Hezekiah is the next. In 2 Chronicles, the 29th chapter, verse 36, people rejoiced at what God brought about for the people because it was done so quickly. It happened in a moment. 2 Chronicles, verses 2 and 5. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. Then he brought in... The priests and the Levites and gathered them in the east square and said to them, hear me, Levites, now sanctify yourselves, sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers and carry out the rubbish from the holy place. Carry out the rubbish from the holy place. Can I just encourage you, people of Dwell, let's get rid of the rubbish. Here's, here's what's interesting about the restoration of the temple. Uh, when they restored it, it, it really, they, they restored it to twice the size of its original structure. But those that had seen the former glory wept when they saw the restoration. Those that were seeing it for the first time rejoiced when they saw it. Yeah. Charles Finney said, True revival is that divine moment when God bursts upon the scene and displays his glory. That's when he does it in a moment, when it happens quickly, when suddenly God comes. Yes, 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 yes. And then the last revival king that um, is Josiah. In 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verses 2 and 3, says... Don't you love it? And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father, David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, 
he began to seek the God of his father, David. And in the 12th year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the wooden images, the carved images, and the molded images. These are the revival kings, the Bible revival. I love it. The revival kings in the Old Testament. We want to be those that would do what's right in the sight of the Lord. Andrew Murray said, a revived church is the only hope for a dying world. Yeah, yeah. Leonard Ravenhill said, are we jealous for God's glory? To me, that is what revival is all about. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, we're bringing it home. We're coming in for a landing. Are y'all enjoying this? I hope you're enjoying the history and seeing... Um, in seeing uh, the the revival that happened in the Old Testament, again, I never saw it this way. I just saw there was good kings and bad kings. No, they returned. Uh, and the Lord brought yeah. favor and, and restored. Yes. So 10 characteristics. We're going to hit these really quickly. 10 characteristics of the biblical revivals. The first one, each revival occurred during the darkest hour. <laughs> Consider, consider that and consider where we are in the earth today. Yes. Say that again. Each revival. each revival occurred during the darkest hour. Number two, each revival began with a consecrated servant leader. I have to quote Leonard Ravenhill. You got a Leonard Ravenhill. I have to quote him okay. on that. I'll tell you the secret of getting revival in the church. Find a half dozen people who know how to groan in prayer. Keep going now, baby. Yes, 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 yes. Each, did you just do this one? I did. Each, Each revival began with the consecrated servant leader. And then D.L. Moody quote, the world has yet to see what God will do with and for and, and through and, and in and, and by, by the man or woman who is truly and wholly consecrated to him. Oh. Each revival caused radical repentance. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, and number four, each revival caused a rebuilding of the altar of prayer. Each revival caused a rebuilding of the altar of prayer. Number five, each revival restored the order of Davidic worship. Mm. Number six, each revival restored the power of the written word. <laughs> each revival restored purity. And holiness. Who will ascend the hill of the Lord? Yeah. You got to have clean hands yes. and a pure heart. Yes. Each revival restored a reformed structure. Yeah. Number nine, each revival had the power of unity. Each revival had the power of unity. And number 10, each revival was followed by a period of supernatural prosperity. Amy Semple McPherson said, lift up your heads, ye people. Lift up your faces too. Open your mouths to sing his praise and the rain will fall on you. Uh... We want to be a presence people who cultivate an atmosphere of revival. 
we want to be. Who, who in this room, who in this room wants to join us and say, I want to carry the atmosphere of revival. Can you stand? Can you stand? Let's, let's be a little more bold about it. And make this statement on our feet. I, God, I want to carry the atmosphere of revival. I want to carry the atmosphere of revival. The atmosphere of the kingdom. The atmosphere of your presence. When I walk into any room, let there be a significant shift in whatever's going on in that place. If I walk into a restaurant where there's a bar and people are getting lit with alcohol, may they witness a shift in the atmosphere when I walk in the restaurant. May people realize the reality of an abiding presence upon your people. I will be a carrier of the atmosphere of revival. Yes, yes, yes. Jesus, 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 Jesus. So as Pastor Tanner is getting ready to come up and close this service today, we just, we pray, Father, we want to be like the revival kings. <laughs> we want to be about the, like these revivalists that we've read about in, in more recent history. We want to return. We want to return to your spirit and we want to return to your word. We want to love what you love. We want to hate what you hate. We want to be a people completely consecrated to you. And God, may this house... May this house be a place where your kingdom breaks out, where miracles happen, where your life, the, 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 the Zoe life of God is poured out on those who enter this place. God, may our families, may our homes be consecrated to you. In Jesus' name we pray. May it, may it be written, may it be written about Dwell Church, about David and Nicole and about the leadership and about those that decided like all of the all of the revival kings and they sought the Lord with all their heart and they sought the Lord in generations to come if we don't see the return of the Lord and we are no longer on the planet may someone find it written somewhere and dwell church sought the Lord with all their hearts. They started having prayer meetings on Monday morning at 6 a.m., which means you got to get up at 5 or so to get here. So some, some people drive an hour to get here at 6 o'clock prayer on Wednesday nights. And it doesn't matter how many show up, just as long as we have a shovel in the dirt, digging out the well digging out, finding the source that will transform us all. We will be people. We will be people to carry the atmosphere of heaven. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.